And now, live in studio, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Welcome in. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback Show with Brandon Rimes. Brandon's on vacation today. My name is James DeJerome. I'm the executive producer of the Consumer Quarterback Show, and we've still assembled our partners together, and we're going to provide you the same information and knowledge that we always do every day. And we're going to tell you something positive, as it, Brandon's mission is to create a random act of kindness. And I got something very good in the feel-good section for you today. We have our like I said, our team is here. Uh, Jose back there on the board for our Salem Media Group. All you radio listeners out there hearing us up and down the West Coast. Rob is here from WeBeam TV. If you want to check out the TV show, every day, every weekdays, 10 a.m., WeBeamTV.com. In addition, we're located on other digital platforms, Roku, Apple, Fire. You can find the TV show out there, YouTube. So take a look for the Consumer Quarterback Show. You'll find all our partners. Of course, we're worldwide at ConsumerQB.com. Go online and check us all out there. And we've got a bunch of great sponsors as well as our partners on the program. One of our sponsors is Replenish IB Solutions. Replenish IB Solutions, I don't know if you're familiar with this concept, but these folks will come right to your door, your home, your business, and give you an infused drip right into your arm. IV Solution can be vitamins, can boost your immunity, really a key to your health. Nowadays, with all that's going on in terms of the COVID situation and people worried about their immunity, why don't you check out Replenish IV Solutions, give them a call, and see if Steve and Lisa Gunning can't do something for you. It's certainly something that you'll want to do once you get uh, see what the benefits are. Again, it's Replenish IV Solutions, one of our sponsors on the show. In addition, of course, Brandon is a member of the Keller Williams team. He owns Platinum MVP Realty. He's got properties for you, even in this scarce uh, inventory that we're facing here in the Bay Area. I'm going to go over a few properties for you if I could real quick. I got an opportunity for you at 520 George Street. I want to read it to you here one sec. Look at this Look at this property here in Tarpon Springs. Bring your boat, jet skis, stand-up paddleboards, and fish from your very own dock. Gorgeous lakefront home. Lake Tarpon is 2,500-acre lake, largest in Tampa Bay. This spot has a separate mother-in-law suite, uh, air conditioning unit, family room, dining room, kitchen, two separate entrances, the ability to have separate parties going on there. Uh, its approximate rents are calculated for you. It has all kinds of uh, extras built in, yoga, meditation space overlooking the lake, Man, check that one out, 520 George Street. I got another one here at 422 Wildwood Way in Bel Air. This is a fantastic two-story Bel Air home. Just got a roof put on in July. Uh, Beautiful three-bedroom, two-bath, wonderful part of Tampa, high-end community right near a golf course. Man, that is sharp looking, 422 Wildwood. And then, of course, our last one here I'm going to tell you about is at 6417 Yvette Drive, Hudson, Florida. This one is uh, Bring Your Boat and Jet Ski's Waterfront Home. Two, two, one car garage, great opportunity to live the Florida lifestyle on Hudson Beach Estates. Deep saltwater canal, close to the wide open waters of the Gulf of Mexico. This home has gorgeous tile throughout. Man, what a cool, a large living room, dining room, separate den, office, and a new roof. So 6417 Yvette Drive in Hudson. Check that one out. One of the most important things we have on the show is our partners. Today we have Diane Vance. She's from Fairway Independent Mortgage. She's going to tell you all about what you can do to be ready to pull the trigger in this very quick selling uh, and buying environment that we're in. And then, of course, Richard Alexander, our legal expert, coming by to tell us about his experiences as an educator and, of course, what he sees in the courtroom on a daily basis as a lawyer here litigating in the Tampa Bay area. 
And we got a feel-good story for you because it is Brandon's mission to make sure that our random act of kindness and a feel-good story creates a positive mood on the show. And this one today is very good. I got a story today about an interaction between a woman whose son was murdered and the police officers who responded and tried to help that situation. You may think, well, we've heard a lot about protests and police and, and negativity. It's not what you're going to hear from us today. So don't go anywhere. Make sure that you stay tuned because you want to hear that feel-good story. It's the kind of thing that can change your day. I want to inspire you a little bit. Again, it's the Consumer Quarterback Show with Brandon Rimes. Brandon has given me the opportunity. I want to thank him for letting me come in today. Check us out, please. Learn about the Consumer Quarterback Show online, consumerqb.com. Thanks for listening to my daddy's show. For more information, go to ConsumerQB.com. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. My name is James DeJerome, and I produce the Consumer Quarterback Show for Brandon Rhymes. The Consumer Quarterback Show is a team, a group of like-minded professionals who partner together to provide our audience sound advice, knowledge, and information to make them wiser consumers. We work with all types of business owners and aggressively promote our local economy. We're currently conducting interviews for our expert contributors. If you own a business or know someone who would benefit from the exposure our show provides, please contact us at 813-750-0550 or online at ConsumerQB.com. Hey, Brandon Rimes here. I'm a top 1% realtor in the United States with Keller Williams Realty, the number one real estate company in the world. We're looking for buyers, sellers, and investors that would like to work with our top team in the area. Reach out at ConsumerQB.com. Just submit an email form at ConsumerQB.com or give us a call or a text at 813-670-7372. Call or text 813-670-7372 and we will help you win in negotiations with your real estate deals. Selling commercial or residential property? Don't leave money on the table. List with the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. I'm Brandon Rimes. Reach me at 813-670-7372 or PlatinumMVPTeam.com. You're listening to The Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rimes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. That's right. You can always give Brandon a call for all your real estate needs. He and Keller Williams are out there working for you. It is a crazy real estate market in Tampa Bay currently. We've got a really low inventory and lots of people out there looking to buy. So we're going to talk uh, with Diane Vance, our mortgage expert here on the Consumer Quarterback Show, about what she's seeing in the market. And she's got some tips and always some ideas for folks out there that are a little apprehensive about maybe making this big initial investment, that that big first purchase, your largest asset. So I want to bring her in. Diane, uh, tell me, you're busy, of course. I hear that properties once they're on the on the market last for about an hour oh yeah it, it we're seeing multiple offers so i can tell everybody listening or anybody that you know that is thinking about purchasing they want to get pre-approved so they can compete if they don't get pre-approved your offer will not be accepted we're seeing it time and time again um i'm seeing some you know especially first-time home buyers that those buyers that up to about four hundred thousand dollars even above that we're actually seeing more than one offer so it's been it's been a very busy spring because interest rates are the lowest they've ever been and there's not a lot of inventory on the market so when they do come on they go fast and we're not even just talking about competing with other floridians or tampa bay citizens we're talking about the entire country trying to move down here 
Absolutely. So, you know, the taxes in Florida, you know, you don't have a state income tax. So a lot of people are coming to Florida. Plus, the weather is absolutely beautiful all the time. So you can be outside whenever you want to. So it's definitely a it's a definitely win win for a lot of people moving. And we do have a lot of people moving from different states that have taxes. So they're trying to escape the taxes. There, uh, I just talked to somebody today, matter of fact, from Kentucky, okay. and um, they're moving down here, and that's the reason they're moving down here. A lot of retired people are moving down here. A lot of people are coming down and getting jobs. A lot of teachers recently are transferring to Florida. Okay. Uh, they were teachers in other states, and they're coming down here. Uh, exactly why uh, what I'm talking about is because of that, uh, because they are seeing that um, you know that it's it's expensive where they live, so they yeah. they can see more in their paycheck. By moving to Florida. You know, I, you read the stories about people trying to escape the urban situation. I think the COVID-19 certainly exacerbated that where they felt like they needed to get away, whether it's a second house to go to if, if you needed one or just an idea that we're going to get out to the suburbs. It certainly seems to be like a move away from the urban environment more into the city. I mean, away from the city, rather. Yeah. And, and well, if you think about it, I'm sure the COVID-19 has sort of made a lot of people think differently. Mm. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, I live in a house, I, you know, my children grew up here and, you know, of course now I don't have any children at home. So, so I thought I was one of those people that, you know what, maybe I'll go to a downtown, maybe downtown St. Pete. It's a gorgeous area. But then I rethought about it because of COVID-19. I think a lot of people are doing that because they do want space. Mm-hmm. to walk around and be outside. But even in, if you're in a condo downtown, you're still going to be able to do those things. It's just people are just rethinking their their thoughts, right. especially the, the areas that you have to use mass transit. So, you know, if you're if you live in my son lives in Chicago. Well, he used to take he doesn't he doesn't have a car. Well, after COVID, guess what? He doesn't want to ride the train mm-hmm. and get in an Uber. So guess what? We're shipping in one of our cars because you know, it's the whole thought process has changed as long as it's around, you know, people are, are and people are working from home. So they're thinking about, OK, do you know, can I have an office at home? Maybe I need to upgrade my house. Right. Maybe I need to move into a different house because I do. I can work from home now on my my brother-in-law's brother. Um, he just sold his house and he's he had he moved because he he was able to work remotely now so he can live anywhere he wants to mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to stay in the area that he had to go show up at an office they're allowing him to work wherever remotely so hence a lot of people are moving to Florida because of that reason and now so, folks are also going to take the equity they have in their house and try to renovate or upgrade because they're spending more time in the house have you seen folks come to you with an absolutely. effort to try to find a way to get some little money out of their out of their situation well upgrade. for yeah for yes uh, for uh, several reasons one is they they want to upgrade because they they're figuring okay interest rates are low so this is the time to refinance um, but also upgrade in case they want to move and maybe sell their house some people haven't upgraded for years right. so they need to modernize their house to be able to and they'll probably and their rate of return will be better than what you know, if they didn't do it, they're going to, you know, we all watch HGTV and, you know, mm-hmm. those houses look perfect. So <laughs> anyway. it seems like a safe spot to park your money into your house. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. Well, yeah, and you have appreciation on houses. You still do. We're actually seeing it, especially in Florida. Uh, it's 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 not slowing down. It is. Everybody thought that the COVID-19 would actually slow down real estate. Right. We Fairway is up 70 percent. 
Yeah, Matter of fact, we are hiring underwriters. We are hiring processors, you know, loan assistants, because we are so busy. We need those people. And Fairway is, like I said, up for the year, 70% of their volume has wow. increased. And now, if the industry that has, you know, the industry has, uh, you know, trillions of dollars, of course. And if everybody actually either decide to sell and purchase or refinance, whatever, you don't have enough people in the industry to actually handle that. So Fairway is an awesome company. We've actually, we've gotten the number one mortgage company to work for for five years in a row. How about that? So we call it Fairway Disney. But anyway, so <laughs> they're, they're a great, they're a great, great company. So I suggest that if you want to, if you want to upgrade, whether to stay right. or, or resell, and we're seeing people also pull equity out of their house to pay off their debt. Sure. I had a young man that, you know, he's able to, his payment actually increased because he's, you know, he's increasing his, his debt, mm-hmm. but he's paying off like $500 a month in monthly payments. So he's ahead by like $450. Yeah, that's why so, you need a mortgage expert like Diane Vance at Fairway Independent Mortgage because you may have factors that have influenced your, you may be over, under, you never really know where you're sitting until you have somebody check the rate and see what they can do for you. Correct. And, and I'm really careful about, I just don't refinance somebody to refinance them. I am not that loan officer. If it does not make sense, I don't do it. And I suggest that to the customer. So depending on what their situation is, I like to see how long are they going to stay in the house? Is okay. it is it a plan to actually um, maybe resell? So all those things make a difference. So, you know, it may not be, you know, when I talk to somebody, it may not be the best time or it may be that, you know, I have another idea for them depending mm-hmm. on their situation. Hey, Diane, could you just run through a scenario where you, you'd maybe advise against that? Because I see so many people that can't wait to pull that equity out. What's an example of someone that maybe is making a mistake or doing that prematurely? Well, yeah, if you are planning on selling your typically, so Florida closing costs are higher than the rest of the states or one of the highest. They're not higher than some of the other states, but they're, they're, they're a little higher than most states because you don't pay income tax. So every time you finance a mortgage, you are paying, um, you're paying doc stamps and tangible tax. You're paying taxes through that. And right. Florida sets up promulgated rates. So your closing costs are going to be higher here. So if you're planning on selling a house within the next two to three years, what we do is we look at the interest to the interest. So no, there. How much interest are you paying now? How much interest are you going to pay on the new loan? We divide that out by the closing cost, and does it make sense? And are you going to stay in that house for that period of time? That's going to take you to recoup those closing costs. So if you have a savings, so depending whether it's a whether it's a uh, whether you're trying to pay off, you know, charge cards or whatever it is, we look at okay, how much are you paying interest on those charge cards? Um, so, you know, does it make sense? So you try to analyze, uh, and the, the length of time, if, if somebody calls me and said, you know what, I'm thinking about selling within the next year and a half or two years, it's probably not the best thing to do. Um, now, unless they're paying a really high interest rate, right. but most people are not paying high, high interest rates. So it just really depends on the length of time, the person staying there, how much it costs, what is their goal? And, um, you know, but if they're planning on like selling right away, probably not the best idea to do. So another thing you need to consider in that situation is perhaps getting a mortgage professional to forecast the market a little bit. You got to look ahead and kind of see what you, what you think the trend is going to be. How long can can we stay kind of at this rate? I mean, it's, it's, it's a unique situation we're in. 
It is very, it is unique. Now, I'm not an economist, but right. they are predicting that interest rates are going to stay low for a very long time. Mm. What do, what does that mean? Don't know, but, but they are predicting that it's going to take some time. Um, the Feds are, of course, you know, they're keeping the economy uh, going pretty much, especially in the mortgage world. So, so they are pumping money into the mortgage-backed securities. Uh, so they're they're trying to prop those up a little bit. Um, corporate earnings are coming out. I think there some of them are not as bad as expected. So, you know, interest rates are. You know, there is a there is a time when, you know, people keep thinking rates are going to drop. They're going to drop. They're mm-hmm. going to drop. Well, there's a time when that's not a healthy thing to do. So it's not a healthy. Um, atmosphere and it actually has the opposite effect. But they are predicting rates are going to stay low for a while. Um, however, nobody knows the future. Right. We get a vaccine or we get a, or we get something that, you know, something to treat everybody that they don't get as sick where they have to go in the hospital or something like that. Mm. You're going to see this economy change and, and change quickly. So it's, you know, we're actually doing quite well, better than I think everybody expected. Yeah, given the circumstances, period. certainly. Yes. Yeah, yeah I agree. So, so, but housing, houses are going fast. Like I said, it is not 2008, 2009. That is not what's going on in the housing industry. People are selling their houses and uh, are wanting to buy houses. Mm-hmm. And, and people that are selling their houses, they're actually shocked that they sell their houses. I, somebody, they're, they're like... You know, I thought it might take a few days, you know, a few weeks. No, it took like literally two days for them to get multiple offers. Yeah. So they were able to get the best offer. And sometimes the highest offer isn't always the best offer. It just depends on the situation. Okay. So we have a lot of that happening. They were a little surprised that it happened so quickly. Mm. Um, and people will come in and, and they'll tell me that, um, you know, that, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to make, I don't want to buy something not knowing if I am approved to buy something. So <laughs> it's always a good idea, it, even in the thinking stage. If you right. think you're going to sell your property, get pre-approved before you actually put your house on the market. That makes sense. Hey, Diane, I hear Brandon use the term move up buyer all the time. So mm-hmm. it's someone who's trying to take that next step in terms of stepping up in the value of their home. What is a reasonable step to take? Do, do people try to jump from something in the 200s to 500 or what, what do you, is there a recommendation or a percentage or a formula that folks can uh, There off? is no formula or recommendation. Basically, so people do things all different times of their life, right? Mm-hmm. So, so um, what happens is typically your first time home buyer is not your forever home. Or it's not the home that, you know, let's say when you, you, you get married, you might have one child, you buy a house that maybe is smaller than what you, you know, that, or, or you're, you, it, based on your income right at that time. So people, it depends on your individual situation. Okay. Uh, I've seen buyers go from 250 to 500,000 because they have two more children, three more children or whatever. Right. Um, you know, so they outgrow their house. And we're seeing a lot of that right now because of COVID and people want, so both spouses are working from home. So they need two offices and they need it to be quiet. So we're seeing that a lot, yeah, I um, but it really depends on, because people get in, income increases, they get bonuses, they get commissions, they get whatever it is. So it really depends on the stability of the buyer or the, the borrower and where they're at in their life as far as their life changes. Um, that's when we see most people moving up. Okay. Um, I mean, I moved up when, you know, I started out with a small house and then, you know, we had children and I moved up and right. then I moved up again. 
the average person buys a house like uh, like five to seven times in their lifetime. Okay. Um, so so move up and move down. So you know then when you get older and you retire, you may want to move down, or you don't want your house as you know as large as it is because you're tired of cleaning it. Uh, so um, you know it just depends on the individual situation. Okay. Now COVID nineteen such a unique situation has kind of impacted our market. I know you guys have so many great programs. You talk a lot about the veterans uh, programs that you guys mm-hmm. offer. Has COVID kind of opened up a new kind of loan or, or emphasized a, a certain kind of loan that makes more sense given our, our current environment? Well, actually, what COVID-19 has done is it's, it's made some additional guidelines. So COVID-19 gave the ability for people to put homes in forbearance, which means they can delay their payments okay. or they so that has changed some guidelines. So there's some things like for self-employed buyers, um, it used to be that if your 2019 tax returns were done, we wouldn't have to have a year-to-date profit and loss and balance sheet. Well, since COVID-19, we need to have that year-to-date profit and loss balance sheet because we want to make sure your income has came back. So mm-hmm. if you had to close for two months, it's going to affect your year-to-date profit and loss. So what we have to do is look at, okay, the months that you were closed, okay, the months that you were already back, are you back to where you were? So there's some extra steps there. And the other thing is that because of forbearance, because of, you know, furloughs and things like that, um, we're checking um, employers. So we, we get the employer's, you know, name, email address, phone numbers, whatever, to verify that that the person is right. still working there. And we do that three days prior to closing. So, and we, we talk about this in the application. The COVID-19, it kind of had an effect on, it had a an effect that people tightened up, but then they loosened up. So they're back to almost normal. Other than these few items mm-hmm. is that, you know, to, you know, these few things, you know, can make a difference, but we talk about it a lot. We actually haven't had anybody actually get hurt by it. So it's not, it's, it's just an extra step for the buyer that typically we don't always need. So, um, but you know, everybody filed their July 15th taxes. Uh, so, so then all you need is that 2020's year to date profit and loss for self-employed buyers. And then of course it's easy on the W2 employees. We just call their employer and say, Hey, are they still working there? And that's, that's very easy. Yeah, I was concerned that you guys are going to have to track all the government uh, PPP and the different fun, uh, programs that were given to employers to see what the real, you know, try to separate real income from uh, stimulus to try to make uh, sure going forward that you had a clear picture. Well, we we do somewhat, but some of the PPP is actually forgiven. Okay. So the PPP, so it depends on, you know, who they are. I actually do have a couple customers in process, matter of fact, right now. And all we had to do was show are you paying it back? What is this for? What are the terms? And it, it hasn't affected him. Okay. Um, but as far as actually the PPP actually helped a lot of people. So they still could actually function and they still could stay in business and pay their employees. So that's actually helped a lot of people. Okay. Um, that actually is not a negative. It's actually a positive for those folks that did need to close for a few months. That's actually helped them. So, we do take that into consideration, not so much because of because we know they had to close. Um, you know, it's you know, mm-hmm. if, unless you were essential, you couldn't work, so or you couldn't be open. So thank goodness we actually had a PPP loan 
for those folks. Okay. Well, and as you're listening to Diane Vance, she's from Fairway Independent Mortgage. She's our mortgage expert here in the Consumer Quarterback Show. You can get in touch with Diane uh, through our webpage. How else, Diane? What's the best way for you guys uh, for get to you? Well, I have a I have a lot of information on my webpage. It's my name, Diane Vance at dot com. Okay. And um, my phone number is seven two seven six four seven eight one nine nine. And they can text or call me. Great. And um, but the website has a lot of information if they want to go on okay. there. I have a lot of videos and things like that. Dianevance.com. Check it out. Diane Vance, a fairway independent mortgage. She's our mortgage expert. We're coming into a break now. We're going to come back. We've got Richard Alexander going to join us. TrustAlexanderLaw.com is his site. He's got always good stuff for us. Come on back. Consumer Quarterback Show rolls on. This is work done, and you're listening to the Real Estate Quarterback Show, hosted by my man, Brandon Rimes. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rimes. Cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. That's right. ConsumerQB.com is where you can find all our partners on the Consumer Quarterback Show. We've gone out of our way to go out in the community and find these folks, and they're taking time out of their busy day to come in and talk to you and provide some information and some knowledge to empower you in the marketplace. So as consumers, we want your dollar to go a little farther, and that's why we've assembled the folks that we have. We've got great sponsors on the show as well. I'm going to tell you about one right now is Golf Cart Depot. Golf Cart Depot got together with Brandon, and now he drives all over the place knocking on doors and selling real estate with a golf cart. So not only does he run around in the golf cart all the time, now the kids found out it has a golf cart, so they grab a ski rope and a skateboard, and they're gone all day long too. So don't think a golf cart is just for golf. Uh, they've uh, out here at uh, Golf Cart Depot's got Easy Go, Star, Cushman, every kind of golf cart there is. And like I said, the uh, applications are are wild now. Everyone I know has a golf cart. None of them play golf, so everyone is interested in getting a golf cart. Golf Cart Depot is where you got to go to check them out. Uh, Brandon says best they can do uh, for you, they'll do. He's always looking to do business with everybody. So Golf Cart Depot is our man. Check them out again. Uh, Brandon's got one in his house, and I can't wait to get over there and ride it myself. All right, so joining us in studio. Richard Alexander, he's our legal expert here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. And I always want to check in, first of all, I heard that, you know, before the court was down and we were doing court virtually, yes. then uh, some attorneys had to adjust their schedules. Are we back full go or what's going on over at the courthouse? Uh, good afternoon, by the oh. way, James. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, the, the courts are still in phase one. Okay. And I don't think the, the public really knows how bad it is with the court systems. And it has nothing really to do with what's going on in the state of Florida. It's right. just... You know, as you, you know, the, the courthouses to me are like giant petri dishes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. everybody comes in there for every possible type of reason, and uh, I don't think the judges are really in any hurry to get to phase two. Okay. I know a lot of the judges that they're, they're starting to get, come around to the Zoom meetings. I know one judge that hasn't even gone Zoom meetings yet. They just everything is a phone in, mm. and you know, it's just it's just the way it is right now. I mean, uh, court is just very hard to get into unless it's something. Uh, serious, like, um, you know, first appearance, of course, right. uh, that has to go. Um, if you want to do a bond reduction, 
But even then, everything has to be approved by the judge's office. Uh, it's it's difficult to get okay. into court right now. So you can imagine the challenges facing uh, not just the police, the legal system. We talked before on the show. I remember, I think it might be in your last visit, we mentioned the prison system is really taxed with this COVID-19. It's become difficult to house inmates, and it's become a Petri dish itself. Well, one of the things is we're not allowed to go to the jails anymore. Uh, before we had carte blanche, you know, you had to show your bar card and your ID, and you can go to the jail pretty much any time you wanted. Unless they were like in you know some sort of uh, you know procedural lockdown, but you can see your client whenever you wanted to, and they would get the client you know out of wherever they are, and you know you'd have your own meeting room where it was uh, quote unquote secured. Right. Uh, but now what they're doing is video conferencing with the clients, and once they realize it's an attorney-client conference, mm-hmm. uh, the cameras have to um, uh, the audio has to go off. Yeah, I can't imagine how right? difficult that would be. Yeah, so because they're not allowed to listen into attorney. Right, that sensitive yeah. information between a client and Correct. his attorney. Yeah. Oh, wow. So there are a couple of challenges I didn't even consider there on the technical side. Uh, now, in terms of the the court, uh, the the schedule, that's also of course slowed down because we've got a lot of people that can't get in. That same volume can't get through the courthouse every day. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I don't know any other word to say this, but what they're doing is continuing cases and infinitum. Hmm. I mean, they're continuing in them until September, October. I just had a judge last week, uh, asked for, we asked for a jury trial, right. and she said, uh, Mr. Alexander, uh, what, I'm not going to set this case for September, October, because I'm just going to end up canceling it. it was, We're not going to get a jury pool. You're not going to be able to pick a jury, and I'm not going to waste you know, my calendar's time. Mm-hmm. For, you know, she wasn't mad at me. She was right. just saying it's not practical right now. So she set it for January, wow. the trial date. And I had to tell my client, I said, listen, you still want a trial, but... This is what the judge is telling me. She's just not going to schedule it and then cancel it. Right. She's I, just going to say, hopefully we'll be in phase two by January. Hmm. And it's uh, it's not good. Right. I can imagine it gets difficult. If you're somebody, we always think of somebody waiting for justice and how justice delayed. What's the expression, justice delayed? I don't know that one. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, actually, it's a paraphrasing uh, Dr. King. Yeah. I believe, yeah. Uh, so... Forgive my ignorance in terms of my quotations historically there. Uh, but I wanted to also Justice visit- delayed is justice denied. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to get with Richard because Richard is an educator, and I, I'm curious about uh, students. You know, in the medical profession, COVID-19 has kind of forced a, a group of doctors to kind of graduate early, kind of pushed them out into the mm. field because, man, we need you in the field right now. You know, this is our time. Uh, in the legal profession, how are students- are they being slowed? Is the process slower to graduate, or do we need them? In, what do you think? What do you think the mindset well, is of a student now? I can tell you in law school what uh, the uh, states are starting to do is, and I don't know how this is going to happen, but they're going to do <laughs> take the bar exam at home, hmm. and you're going to be on video from your laptop, and you okay. have to be in constant view of the video. For instance, you can't leave to go to the bathroom because you might, you know, you might cheat. So you almost might require a moderator per laptop. Well, it's, it's, I don't know how that's going to be possible. I, I really don't. I don't know how you're going to stop somebody from cheating. I mean, they could have something behind the laptop that they're looking at. Now, I've never gone through this process. Tell me about the bar. How long is the exam? The how- bar is two and a half days. Uh, the half day is for the ethics portion. Uh, some states will waive that part depending on how well you do in ethics in, at your law school like a B or higher. Okay. But the exam is two days. One is the, the federal portion and one is the state portion, the national versus the state. So one day will be devoted to uh, your particular state's law. For instance, in Florida, there's a lot of questions on probate, as you'd imagine, because we have an elderly population. You know, And uh, um, Colorado has um, questions on mining. Hmm. 
you need to their a, jurisdiction. Because there's a lot of mining in Colorado gotcha. that takes place. You know, Texas has oil and gas on their bar. But the other part is the same exam for the entire state, I mean, for the entire country. Okay. So everybody that sits for the bar on that day will take the same exam. That's called the national. So Otherwise, your score relative to those who took it the same day as you, it's more of an apples to apples in terms of other students taking the same test as you nationally. Right, correct. It's the same exam. It's the same question, same exam throughout the entire country because it's given on the same day. The next day is your state's portion. Okay. And, yeah, you have to pass both to be uh, And And uh, be given admitted. our current situation, we can't bring students together in a big group to test nope. them. Nope. Wow. And, and really, everybody in the state, I know in Tampa, I took my bar exam at the, at the, Curtis Hicks, uh, at the uh, Tampa Convention Center. Okay. It used to be at the Curtis Hickson. And that was a madhouse. Giant group. So, yeah, so I, it's not going to happen. Now, in terms of your teaching, and Richard, the bar's, Richard the bar's himself. Up, by the way. Okay. Uh, Richard's a teacher yes. and an educator. Now, how has your situation changed in terms of students and professor? Online. Okay. Which I'm not a fan. Now, uh, tell me the difference right away. The first thing is no, the less interaction you don't care for. The, the, here's the thing. I've been an educator for approximately 20 years. I've always, been, I've always taught at the collegiate level. And there is no substitute for the, the closeness, the intimacy, the you know, uh, imparting knowledge right there and, and seeing the light bulb go off. Right. You know, I mean, it's a great thrill. It's a drug. For me, it is, right. you know, because uh, you're on stage at that moment and everybody's watching you. Everybody's there because you have something that they want to know. And it's just a tremendous high. And online, I've taken classes online and I'm just not a fan. I, I hate the Zoom meetings. Right. So uh, this is not going to be any different. It's kind of antiseptic. It's, it's not conducive to, to resolving anything, in my opinion. It just okay. isn't. I can't tell you, James, how many times I've worked a case out because I went up to the opposing counsel, introduced myself, and we were able to talk about it right there. Right. And, and work it out right there. And also, I imagine, you know, as a seasoned attorney, and of course, Richard Alexander is somebody who goes to trial, so he's, he's used to the courtroom setting. You have some intuition about you. So you're going to notice expressions. Correct. You're going to see reactions. You're going to kind of get a feel f- for the vibe in the room, and that may direct uh, your, your future actions. There's no question about it. You know, it's, it's a whole part of, uh, you know, just body language, just mm-hmm. re- relaying on your judgment, your experience, your years of working in that profession. You know, I, the, all, my opinion, all of that goes out the window in Zoom meetings. Now, including online teaching. Jury selection would be difficult, too. That's one of those things where you're trying to use that intuition. I don't think it's going to happen online. I, I don't see how it could possibly happen. Because a big part of it, jury selection, introducing yourself, is the only time you get the chance to talk to the jury. Right. Introducing your client, and then developing that rapport with you know, a potential juror. Yeah. That's not going to happen via Zoom. I could see it being very difficult. Uh, when, when you are in the courtroom and, and you're getting a feel for what the opposition is presenting, is that when you make strategic – are you making strategic decisions based on what's happening at the moment or have you kind of gone in there with an outline and a game plan and kind of thought through how you're going to play things? That's a great question. The answer is both. Okay. I, I mean, I get prepared. I, you know, I get three-ring binders of all my material. But a lot, every time, not only do I have to go on script, but I have to go off the script as well. So get prepared and try to think through everything you can, but then be ready because something's going to occur or could occur that would cause you to, to realize another fact might need to be unveiled, unveiled here. 
Yeah, I mean, I wish it was like Hollywood. Everybody had their own <laughs> script and line, line. You know, we all knew what everybody else was going to say, but yeah, that's not reality. Well, that's what I thought. I put together a couple of, of, of fictional, uh, rather fi- fictional uh, lawyers from our movies and TV yeah, with Richard, that. and we're going to have a little discussion about that because it's my opinion that I think kids today are very aware of, of the, the fame and fortune that lawyers uh, have on mm. television, and I don't know if they see the nuts and bolts or the dirty work that has to be done. We're going to talk a little bit about the impressions you get from the media of what a lawyer is versus what Richard sees in the actual courtroom. And I got a great feel-good story when we come back. You know, we hear a lot about police and antagonistic relationships with communities. I got a story that's going to show you there's more than that going on in the world. Come on back and check us out, the Consumer Quarterback Show. I'm back with Richard Alexander and a feel-good story for you, ConsumerQB.com. Hey, this is Grant Cardone, and you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show, hosted by my friend Brandon Rhymes. Do not touch that dial. I'll come right through the radio and grab your throat. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. Ian Beckles here with my man, Brandon Rimes, a.k.a. the Real Estate Quarterback. Brandon, what's happening with the market? Thanks, Ian. We are in a low inventory market, so any of our listeners are homeowners and would like a free comparable market analysis or a 2.5% listing, we will honor this for the first three listeners who call or text in 813-773-1253. Free CMA and a 2.5% real estate listing at 813-773-1253. Check out PlatinumMVPRealty.net. Platinum MVP. Realty.net. Brandon Rhymes here, owner of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. We want to offer a rent versus own analysis to anyone renting. Text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to our consumer advocate hotline, 813-670-7372. Text the word rent in the amount of rent that you're paying to 813-670-7372. We're going to hook you up with a rent versus own analysis and break it down how easy we can get you into home ownership with 100% financing options available. ConsumerQB.com. Selling commercial or residential property? Don't leave money on the table. List with the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. I'm Brandon Rhymes. Reach me at 813-670-7372 or PlatinumMVPTeam.com. You're listening to The Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. That's right. You can give Brandon a call anytime you want. If all your real estate needs, he's a platinum MVP team and a Keller Williams agent for you. He's built the Consumer Quarterback Show to provide a little information, some knowledge, some wisdom for all the consumers out there in the Tampa Bay marketplace. We've assembled a group of partners that come out, take time out of their busy day to come in the studio and talk to you a little bit about what they've seen in the world. And we've got a group of sponsors as well. And one of our sponsors is the Bill Maher Beach Resort. We talk to Clyde Smith all the time on the show, a great partner to the show. And the Bill Maher Beach Resort, what a unique property. If you really want to get away and uh, get out there to the beach, check out the Bill Maher Beach Resort. You're familiar with uh, what a Hilton hotel looks like and what a uh, any corporate chain is. That's not what you get with the Bill Maher. It's kind of a unique uh, – it's, it's, a, it's a hotel with a little charm and, and its own style. So give Clyde a call directly. Call the Bill Maher Beach Resort. Find out what it, what it, he can do for you in terms of rates. Tell him you heard about it on the Consumer Quarterback Show, and he will hook you right up. That's the Bill Maher Beach Resort. Again, give Clyde a call directly. 
right. Before the break, we were uh, visiting a little bit with Richard Alexander, and I teased a feel-good story for you, and I wanted to get into that a little bit because we had a feel-good story about the police, and I, we've heard a lot of interaction on the news between protests and police and a lot of uh, negativity between the two. I got a story here that will maybe show you there's a little more than, than that in the world, and this is about a struggling single mom who won the lottery. Uh, she hit the lotto. Uh, she hit a lottery. Not not the the whole lotto. She just won a scratch off. She got a hundred dollar winnings. She's a struggling single mother in Kansas City, but she donated her hundred dollar lottery winnings to an officer that was shot in the line of duty. Kansas City Police Department has returned the favor and raised more than fourteen thousand dollars for this woman and her family. With only seven dollars to her name and bills past due, Shatara Williams is a single mother. Lost her job a month ago due to the pandemic. She found a one dollar bill in a grocery store parking lot and she bought a scratch off ticket with it. And she won $100. Her 12-year-old daughter, Rakaya, suggested they donate the money to the Kansas City police officer who was shot in the line of duty on July 2nd. The officer is still in intensive care. She said she won $100, and I said we should donate it to the police officer that got shot for his family to go eat so they could see him, that Rakaya said to her mother. Despite her financial struggles, Shatara agreed. The detectives were really there for us, she said. Now, this is a woman, I I didn't tell you the whole, the backstory is going to really blow your mind. Uh, This is a woman whose son was murdered. Okay, so uh, Ricara, her older brother, was involved in the police had to come, detectives had to come into their house for a murder. The detectives were really there for us. They were there for us more than anyone can imagine. They did things they didn't have to do. They came to see my kids. They did a lot. They were fathers and therapists. They were everything for us. I've never seen the empathy that I had from total strangers. They gave us hope. They were there for us. She called the department days later and made the donation. Well, when Sims made the donation, she didn't leave her name and number. It took the police days to track her down. We at KCPD shared this wonderful act of humanity on our social media. Uh, hundreds of people said they wanted to help her out. However, the woman called with an unlisted number, didn't leave her name. It took us a while to track her down. Finally, they found her name. They, they started the GoFundMe. She's a struggling single mom. We found her. This act of kindness touched the Kansas City. They wanted to give back. The entire city so far has raised $14,000 for this lady. And again, if you're listening on the radio, that's a that's a touching story. But if you're watching on television, you'll realize the folks involved in the story are all different colors and ethnicities. It wasn't just uh, a specific uh, white people, black people, Hispanic people, all the different officers of different races and Shatara herself, an African-American. And none of that mattered. Uh, her daughter saw an opportunity to do something good and they did something well. That's what we talk about here on the show every single day, the random act of kindness and the ability to do something beyond yourself. I just wanted to share that with you guys and show there's a little more going on with the police than you might hear about on the news. All right, so back to Richard. And, Richard, if we could, I just want to touch on the federal thing that you brought up during the break. Uh, you know, we've seen a, an increase in the response from the federal government in terms of these protests. How does that play out legally, or what do you see legally behind this? Well, um, a lot of people really don't understand federalism, and that's really what this whole thing is about. And to understand federalism, you have to understand that the federal government and the states, they have a very unique relationship. In order for it to work, they have to agree to work in this delicate, you know, dance, Mm. you know, and that the state sometimes will give up its sovereignty willingly, voluntarily, in order so the federal government can, you know, uh, take over. So there are certain fields and industries, for instance, that the federal government has decided to take over completely and the states really have no say. For instance, aviation. Right. Remember on nine okay. eleven, you know, was every plane was ordered to, you know, uh, uh, hit, you know, ground. Uh, yeah, right. They were they were ordered uh, to uh, find the nearest airport and land. Right. You know, because the federal government said so. They're, they're in complete control of aviation. Gotcha. They're also in complete control of securities law. They're also in complete control of you know coining money. Mm. You know, and 
uh, a lot of times the states and the federal government share power. Uh, police, for instance, you know, we have uh, you know local law enforcement, the sheriff's office, we have the FDLE, right. and the federal government also has their own police force. Sure. And there are certain things that the states do exclusively of the federal government. For instance, there's no such thing as federal divorce law, right? Because the feds, they don't, don't want to mess with that. Right. So, but for, in order for all this to work, it has to work under a theory, a concept called federalism, in which the states and the federal government agree to support each other, right? Makes I mean, that's how, it, that's how it can only work. That's why- In conjunction. That's why the Articles of Confederation failed, you know, because that was our first attempt at forming a government. It only lasted eight years. The, the Constitution was our second attempt at forming a government. The first line of the Constitution, in order to form a more perfect union. And, you know, the Constitution addressed many things that the Articles of Confederation didn't actually even think about. Um, Something like coining money, for instance. You know, states were allowed to coin their own money. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand that the the President of the United States is the highest-ranking federal executive officer. He is the equivalent to Governor DeSantis in the state of Florida. Because Governor DeSantis is the highest-ranking state constitutional officer. Okay. So they have the same amount of powers, except one is at the federal level and one is at the state level. And, you know, the optics on the president sending in the military to a state are horrendous. Right. What if the military doesn't want to do it? Hmm. And he is the commander-in-chief. But there was also an insurrection act where the president's allowed to send out military in order to, you know, quell a rebellion or an insurrection. But that's been used very, very sparingly throughout this country's history. So what can the president do? Well, as far as any federal property or a federal employee, federal officers, Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. is a federal enclave. Proper. So he's allowed to do anything when it comes to that mm-hmm. because he is the highest ranking federal executive officer. Okay. So a lot of people think that, you know, he can do almost anything he wants. He just decides not to. Well, that's not true. It's the certain things he can and can't do. I mean, it would be horrible for him to tell every state in the union to, to shut down. I, the governors can say, mm, yeah, I don't think so. Right. Or, yes, we'll follow your advice. Thank you, Mr. President. So it, it's, a, it's a very delicate balancing act filled with a lot of different, you know, legal encumbrances. Can you recall a time in the past with a similar situation? Was there a previous? I mean, of course, my historical knowledge is not as great as yours. The most famous is uh, Dwight Eisenhower sending in the military after the U.S. Supreme Court just ruled on broader, uh, Brown versus Board of Education. Oh, yeah. You know, right. that segregation Absolutely. among the schools was unconstitutional. So federal and, uh, got involved federally. Well, because the governor said, we're not having any black children attend any white schools. Gotcha. And Eisenhower said, we'll see about that. He sent in the U.S. military. Did not require uh, to, did not require approval or consent no. from the state governor. I mean, there's very famous video and photographs where the U.S. military is escorting these right. children to school. We've all seen it. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. As a matter of fact, I, there's a scene in Forrest Gump. Remember where he's that's just right. hanging out that's by the building and he's right. watching them go by. And you should be the host because that segue is perfect for our little movie segment. I, I just wanted to. I just <laughs> wanted to. Uh, Ask Richard if the kids today are aware of some of the movies with lawyers. You know, there's so many great movies that have uh, legal issues or courtroom scenes in them. Do the kids ever say, I want to be this or that? I noticed on the list I gave you, you know, everyone's familiar with 
what Atticus Finch is the most popular one, Gregory Peck and To Kill a Mockingbird. But I don't think kids today are familiar with that. They might know t- Daniel Caffey from The Few Good Men with Tom Cruise there. Anyone they mention or anything you ever see a kid mention or talk about? Uh, well, we talk about the comedy, you know, My Cousin Vinny, which oh, right, is on right. your list here. A lot of people know Tom Cruise because the famous line, you sure. can't handle the truth. That's right. You know, but uh, actually one of my favorites is not even on here and didn't even have a lawyer in the movie. Tell me. Twelve Angry Men. Oh, yeah. I th- I, we spoke briefly about that in the past. I thought that was an awesome. I mean, I really love movies that, that rely on characters and dialogue, you know, and that you're kind of in that little scene. You can really feel the action. Heavy dialogue. Yeah. But the entire movie takes place in the jury room. That's right. Which is phenomenal because you get to see what, man, is this what they really talk about? I'm curious to know, have you been involved in a case where it went forever? You thought they're still deliberating? I can't believe it. I've had cases where it ended in a mistrial. Absolutely. After a long deliberation? Right. And we, you know, we asked the judge to deliver what's called a dynamite charge, uh, which is the judge will have the jury come back out and say nicely, implore them that they really need to make a decision. But sometimes you can't. Just a straight deadlock. Actually, one of my favorite cases uh, took place in um, uh, West Palm Beach. Okay. And we took a, 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 a .409 breath alcohol to trial because the state was offering the max. Mm. So we just said, why not take it to jury trial? I mean, what's the worst that can happen? The state's offering uh, the max. The max. So we went to trial 5-1 to acquit. Wow. We you had a hung know. jury. Yeah, have to be anonymous. You yeah, got to go to know. Yeah, we had a hung jury. All right, we're wrapping up the show here. I want to give Richard an opportunity. Richard, what's uh, the best way to get in touch with you? Folks out there want to either be a student or get in touch with you for legal advice. Uh, I'm about as social media as it gets, man. Okay. Trust Alexander Law, Attorney Richard Alexander. I, I'm I'm so simple to find. TrustAlexanderLaw.com, real easy to find. Of course, he's on ConsumerQB.com, like all our partners are on the Consumer Quarterback Show. I want to thank Brandon again for giving me the opportunity to sit in his chair here and while he's on vacation. It, this show is not just fun to host. It, it's uh, educational as well. I learn something every time I host for him. So, again, I want to thank him, and I want to encourage all the folks out there, check out ConsumerQB.com. All our partners are listed there. We've gone out of our way to vet these folks. They've taken the time out of their day to provide some information for you. It's a great relationship, and we want you to check it out. So, again, thank you to Brandon, and thanks for all you folks listening. This is the Consumer Quarterback Show. Check us out online, ConsumerQB.com. You've been listening to The Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rimes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Contact Brandon Rimes at 813-670-7372. That's 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for The Consumer Quarterback Show.